Welcome to the Adventure Church Podcast. If you would like some more information about us, please visit adventurechurch.co.za. We hope that you will enjoy today's message. So this is a flower mantis, and it was a picture that was on the wildlife group in Palm Lakes. It was taken in Palm Lakes. And, and, and there's two things that I want us to pay attention to with this, just as I share my word, is one, look at the magnificence of how it is created. And two, you can see that although it's, it's created to blend in with flowers, it's also created to, to stand out. And, and there's something of the picture of that that's gone there. There it is back there. So there's something of this that I just want us to hold on to as we, we go through this time of the word. And, and I'm trusting that the value that God has placed in each one of us will start to be stirred up within us. I'm going to turn that off. So Lord, I thank you, Father, for this morning. I thank you already that you've done a mighty work amongst us. What a beautiful, beautiful start to a Sunday. And Father, we pray that you continue to speak to us, that you continue to encourage, to lift us up, and to draw us closer to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, King. Amen. So we're going to continue with our series in Acts, and, and we're going through the, the opening portion of Acts 13 this morning. And Acts 13 from verse 1 to 4, and, and we're just going to focus on a, on a small portion of this, but the, this portion for me sets the tone for significant kingdom outworking. And, and it's a passage of scripture that is spoken to a very specific group of people that we can apply to our own lives because the, the, the heart behind it and even though the context is, is very intentional, it's something that can really kind of highlight God's heart for us and his plans and his purposes over our lives. So it says there in verse 1, Now there were in the church at Antioch prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, a lifelong friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, and the King James says, while they were ministering to the Lord. While they were ministering to the Lord. Um, and they were fasting. The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off Barnabas and Saul on Cyprus. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, oh, sorry, Barnabas and Saul on Cyprus, this was the heading, I didn't highlight that properly. So I sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed on to Cyprus. So first and foremost, who sends us out is not people. So we don't send out people. We release people, but we don't send people. And I want to share just a little bit about this. And there's a couple of the Greek words here for me have something of a significance in their meaning for the outworking of how do we apply this to our own lives and how do we realize the significance of what God is doing. So the first one is, it says, set apart for me, this is what the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me, that word set apart means separate. And, and it's, it's a Greek word, aphorizio, it sounds very Italian to me, and it says, uh, to appoint or to set apart for some purpose. So it wasn't just set apart for me, it's, it's actually, we're going to set apart for a purpose that I have. 
There's an outworking of something specific that the Holy Spirit, the reason he wanted them is because he had a specific plan and purpose for Paul and Barnabas because for them, there was a specific gift and equipping for them to fulfill the function. So what does that tell me is we as people have to be fulfilling the function that God has called us to because actually he's created each one of us with a unique purpose and unique giftings and a unique skill set and a unique heart so that we can display his glory and we can demonstrate who he is. But each one of us has a uniqueness to our call and our role and he appoints us to fulfill a specific function. So when Shanae and I were at Cornerstone and we felt set apart from Nick and Shanae to come here, there was because there was something for us here that God wanted from us. But, but to Joe and Kath, it was set apart for Kalani. To Craig and Tara, and they went to New York. Different purpose, different function. If we had to go to New York... We wouldn't have been able to fulfill the function that God had called Craig and Taryn to. But there was something in the uniqueness of the call because they were set apart with a specific purpose. It says, um, for the work to which I have called them. The word called them is a very long Greek word. Pros kaleomahi. Okay, my, my, pardon my Greek. And it says, to call to oneself. So the call, although they were called, the purpose is actually to call them to him. So the purpose that God calls us to, he calls us to a purpose that's actually drawing us closer to him. So it's not, I love the way that God operates. He has such an inward and outward focus so simultaneously because he will be so intentional with me, but the purpose of for me is for people outside. So he'll be so intentional with you, but the purpose over you is for the people outside. So, so for you guys, as you are called, what is the purpose for the people, for the families, for the, 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 the other ones around you? Because although he calls you with a purpose and there's a specific purpose, he's also calling you to him. And there's a drawing deeper, it's a going deeper, it's a, it's, it's, a, it's a rooting ourselves more in him. And as we fulfill his purpose, so we learn more about him. We enjoy his presence. I think it's in Galatians where it says they walk in step with the Spirit. So when we go out to fulfill our purpose, to do what God has called us to, as the Spirit calls us, we walk in step with him, which means we actually walk in fellowship with God is said to call to himself the Gentiles who are aliens from him by inviting them through the preaching of the gospel unto fellowship with himself in the Messiah's kingdom. Christ and the Holy Spirit are said to call to themselves those preachers of the gospel to whom they have decided to entrust a service having reference to the extension of the gospel. So the purpose is entrusted to us. Last week I was sharing that, that scripture out of, out of Galatians, I mean Colossians where it says there, like steward the grace that was given to you on behalf of others. Here it's saying, well actually we've got to steward what has been entrusted to us for the outworking of his kingdom. Then it goes on to say, and after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them. Now the word hands is just speaking about physically of hands, but it also has a figurative sense of power. They laid power upon them. There was an impartation of power. 
In Habakkuk 3 verse 4, it says, His brightness was the light. Uh, rays flashed from his hands, for there he veiled his power. And if we are created in the image of God, and it says there that in the palm of his hands, he veils his power, so his power is veiled in the impartation of us laying on our hands. So this morning when we lay hands on, we have an expectation for God's power to come through. So when they laid hands on Paul and Barnabas, there was an impartation of power. They laid power upon them. What was that power for? To go and fulfill the mandate that they had been given. Acts 1.8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. What it goes on to say in Acts 13, later on, which I'm not covering this morning, but I think is pertinent to this, is it says there, um, where is it here? I'm just trying to find it in the scripture here. But Saul, who was called Paul, it's the first time that, that scripture refers to Saul as Paul, and from that point, every other time he's referred to as Paul, it says, but Saul, who was called Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, looked intently at him. So there was an impartation that takes place for the, the journey ahead to which they had been set apart. And then lastly, they sent them off. The word sent or away is um, apoloui, okay? To let go of or to let free or to release. So the Holy Spirit uh, called them, the, the people who were with them, the, the church of Jerusalem, what they did was they released them. So our mandate here as Adventure Church, which is the mandate of a local church, is to allow people to be released. We don't send because the Holy Spirit sends, but we release. We open our hands. I remember the first time when Emmanuel told me that he was looking at moving back to Cape Town and I'd walked him back to his house and, and I remember walking home from there and and I was just like, my heart was broken. Jamie sent me a message this morning saying, please send love to Adventure Church. We've got you on our hearts this morning. And just a reminder that we love you guys and we're praying for you this morning. He's still fully invested. But I remember walking away from his house and I was saying, Lord, this is hard. And I felt God give me a picture of open hands like this here. And I felt God say, you need to, give, you need to lead people with open but stable hands. Open so that they never feel trapped and stable so that they feel safe. We need to be a people of open but stable hands so that when we release people, we can let them go freely into the fullness of what God's called them to. Because if the Holy Spirit's sending, who are we to hold on to? So Cornerstone, when Shanae and I left, they released us. John was released from Encounter Church to come and be a part of Adventure Church. There was a releasing for him to come here. So, so there's a purpose to that. And, and for me, we've got to be a people who through prayer, fasting, through worship, are inquiring of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to say, this is the purpose that I have over your life. We do not send people. The Holy Spirit commissions, calls 
unto himself and then releases people with purpose so that through that purpose, others too can be called unto him. The word commission, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is a group of people entrusted by a government or another official body with authority to do something. Who have been entrusted with authority. There's a delegated authority over our lives. And we've got to walk with this delegated authority. And this delegated authority unleashes his power. Not our authority. It's a delegated authority on his behalf. So what we have the privilege of doing is we get to walk, as we saw this morning, with the name of Jesus on our lips. And in that, we get to speak with his authority and do as he did. Because he's entrusted it to us. We get commissioned for his purpose. The thing for me which is challenging sometimes is he often commissions us and sets us out to fulfill the purpose without us knowing how. And, and, and I must be honest and I must be vulnerable. I've been incredibly frustrated in the last while with the how because I haven't seen the fullness of his plans come to fruition yet. And it's been a frustrating, frustrating place over my life. And this prophetic word that Sharon brought this morning with this concept of, of actually waiting on the pregnancy, waiting on the birthing, don't rush it. Actually just wait on it. Because sometimes in the rushing, it's in the rushing that hope gets deferred. When hope is deferred, the heart grows weak. But often our hope is deferred because we are actually not subjecting ourselves to his timing. We're trying to subject him to our timing. And in our timing, things don't go according to plan. So therefore what happens is our hearts grow weak. The byproduct of our heart growing weak, we lose hope and we lose faith. So actually when we realign and recalibrate ourselves according to his timing and we say, Lord, we are subject to you. You are Lord of this kingdom. And what a privilege it is to align. But sometimes we want to be Lord of our lives and invite him in. And then what happens is, is when we're wanting to lord it over him, it doesn't go according to our plan. It goes according to his plan. But we get disgruntled in the process. The amazing thing about the commissioning of, of Paul and, and, and Barnabas is that actually there's no promise of provision. But when the Holy Spirit sets us apart for something, for a purpose, we know that we can trust that God will provide everything that's required to bring that purpose to fruition. Matthew 6 is a passage of scripture that's been spoken over us, I think, two or three times in the last week. It's come up, and I really felt it was an encouragement for us this morning. It says from verse 25, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life or what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? So basically what they're saying is stress and worry steals time from us. It doesn't add time to us. There's no return on that investment. And why are you anxious about clothing? 
Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They, they neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. And I've always thought it's a weird thing because here we're talking about God's provision over us and it's saying, well, if you look at the, the, the lilies of the field and you look at the, the, these birds and you look at what's happening, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of them. So you're saying that we're more important than them, but we can't compare to them. And what I've realized in this and the revelation that I've got of this is actually Solomon in all his earthly glory being provided for by earthly resources cannot compare to heavenly provision. So that's the, that's the crux of this thing is actually all of our intellect, of, our, of our, our ability, of our capacity to generate this thing pales in significance in comparison to the provision of heaven. So you look at that, that picture of this little flower mantis and you see this and you think, oh my word, that is the evidence of what God can do by speaking. Look at how it is clothed. Even Solomon, in the fullness of his earthly wealth, by earthly provision, could not be clothed like one of these. It's a beautiful picture of aligning our perspective from a temporal earthly perspective to a heavenly perspective and saying, actually, Lord, I want to align my life to this. Because what happens is if we go in search of these things that we need, we get distracted from the, the, the purpose that God has called us to. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? He's saying actually we cannot have faith in our provision. We cannot have faith in our capacity to generate wealth. We cannot have faith in our earthly um, substance. Henny always says we don't have faith in our faith, we have faith in our Father. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all of these will be added unto you. What is that saying? But submit yourself to the Lordship of Jesus, and allow the Holy Spirit to set you apart for purpose, and he will give you everything that you need for that, but don't be distracted by these things, because what's going to happen? We're going to neglect the purpose. For me, there's a conviction in my heart because I've, I've allowed myself to be focused on earthly challenges and earthly things and saying, but Lord, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this? How are we going to make this happen? Well, I haven't called you to make it happen. I've called you to be faithful and walk in step with me. Walking in step with me, the picture of that is if you go to the beach and you see big footprints with little footprints on the inside, you see a, 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 a mother or a father who's walked ahead and a child who goes and stretches their feet out and walks in their footprints. What are they doing? They're not looking at where they're going. They're looking at where their parents have gone. On Thursday night at the Elders Connect time, Dusty, one of the elders from City Hill, shared one of the most beautiful pictures. He said he was walking one day with his daughter. She was a couple of steps ahead of him. And these monkeys were in the tree. And she's a little girl. And she started shouting at the monkeys. And one of the monkeys jumped down and jumped right next to her and stood on a table next to her. And she turned to run. And what did she do? She ran into the arms of her father. And as, like uh, in the fear and panic, as he picked her up, all of a sudden, she turned back and she started shouting at the monkey again. And he said what happened was she stopped talking out of her courage and started speaking out of his courage. 
She stopped operating out of her presence. She started operating out of his presence. And all of a sudden, the fear dissipated, even in the face of an enemy that thought that they could take her. When the enemy saw him, there was a shift. We're going to position ourselves in the presence of God and walk in step with him. And he takes care of all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We've got grace for today. Let's not worry about tomorrow. I love how it puts it in um, the message. It says, steep your life in God's reality, God's initiative, God's provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when that time comes. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Philippians 4, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God which transcends, all your, uh, which transcends your understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. It's an amazing passage of scripture, but you've got to read the few words before. It says, the Lord is at hand. Therefore, be anxious about nothing. If we understand that our, our, our anxiousness is, is subdued and settled, and a peace that transcends understanding comes upon us when we recognize that he's at hand. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. If we align to what the Lord is at hand, the peace that transcends all understanding will guide our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So the provision is linked to the call, and, 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 and linked to the call is the promise of everything that is necessary to fulfill the call. Manny Pereira, who led uh, Ebenezer Christian Fellowship, which is the church that we were a part of for many years, he always used to say, if it's God's will, it's God's will. So what happens is he actually gives us the provision to fulfill the function that he's called us to. John 15 verse 8 says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. It's a hectic passage of, of Scripture. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. John 15 verse 5, three verses before that, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. How do we prove to be his disciples? By bearing much fruit? Just abiding in Jesus. He empowers us to fulfill the function that we've been called to. But Paul, full of the Holy Spirit, says to him, Paul says, I did not come with wise and persuasive words, but I came with fear and trembling so as to demonstrate the Spirit's power. Now, you know that Paul spoke with wise and persuasive words. So what is he saying? I did not come with my own wise and persuasive words. I came with fear and trembling because that's where I positioned myself. And then I demonstrated the Spirit's power by what? Speaking his wise and persuasive words. So he speaks into situations. He speaks into context. He speaks into the lives of people. He gives us understanding and outworking so that he may be glorified. So we're going to be a people who reset our gaze upon Jesus. And in resetting our gaze upon Jesus in that place, so he will do what he's doing. 
And that's not saying that we sit and, and are idle and do nothing. No, we align ourselves with what he's doing. We align ourselves with where he wants us to be. Ruth, I'm thinking of you and the, and the possible job opportunity. May God open the right door for the right place to position you in a place where his kingdom is glorified. And in that, you will find life and life in abundance. But people will be blessed and they will be set free and they will, they will rejoice over the fact that God sent you to be a, play, be a part of that journey. We're going to be a people who walk with confidence, knowing that when God sends us, actually people are going to be blessed by our presence there. Because we carry the presence of God. I've always had the picture of being set on fire. And, and fire creates fire. So if you are on fire and you walk through the, the, the sugarcane fields, what's going to happen is you're going to set them ablaze. With every step you take, you're going to ignite something else. We're going to be, we're going to be fire bearers so that we can walk and set things alight. Look at my uncle. He comes here in the first week and he's speaking to a person this morning about church and, and they're engaging and they, they, they're building relationship. Within the first week, because there's purpose and where God's purpose is, he does amazing things. So I want to pray over us. And then, um, Richard, we want to pray over you as well, just for your new journey here. You've got a new, new, newness, so you can come forward. Um, but we're going to trust for, for God to do something amazing. And, and this evening as we go and we, we, we come expectant, Henny often says, expectation is the mother of manifestation. We come expectant for God to do something. We're not coming expectant to see the miraculous. We're coming expectant to have an impartation within us so that we can walk with this delegated authority and we can lay hands and impart power into the lives of people. Not our power, His power. Not for our glory, for His glory. But sometimes we, we, we're concerned that we might be glorified through it, so we shy away. No, 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 no. Let's, let's, let's walk with a boldness and a courage and a confidence into what God's called us to and allow Him to take the glory. We don't have to touch His glory. But we also don't have to be fearful of, of stepping out in the boldness because actually that's what he's called us to. So Lord, I thank you, Father, for just this time. I thank you, Lord, for what you are busy with, what you are busy establishing, Lord. I pray, Father, that you will set our gaze on the things that you are doing so that we can walk into that. Wherever you place us, wherever you position us, Lord Jesus, I pray, Father, for a supernatural outworking of your Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray for you to lead us and to guide us. That as we walk in our purpose, that you call us and draw us closer to you. Pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, King.
Acts 17 from verse 26, and he says, And he made from one man every nation of mankind to live on all the face of the earth, having determined allotted periods and the boundaries of their dwelling place, that they should seek God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. Yet he is actually not far from each one of us, for in him we live and move and have our being. He's predetermined the boundaries of our dwelling place. He's predetermined the, the period of our lives here on earth and the purpose of it is so that we may seek him and find that he's actually not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being. Lord, I lift up Rich now, Father, as he's come through to this region. Lord, I pray, Father, for the plans and the purposes of his life to come to fruition, Lord Jesus. That Tinley Manor will see a shift because you've sent him into that region. The prophetic word over this church is to not neglect the forgotten community on the other side of the hill. As we speak, as I meet people, everyone speaks of Tinley Manor from yesteryear. I remember years ago being there. We met a man on Thursday night. Ah, my mom was born in Tinley Manor years and years and years ago. Forgotten community. Lord, I pray, Father, for revival over this community. But Lord, I thank you, Father, for the, the fact that you send a gathering gift to go speak life over, to engage, to build, but for, for your purpose and for your kingdom. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Bless you, King. Amen. Amen.